Miami Dolphins are heading into week 14. Number one seed in the AFC, which is incredible. They haven't done that in a while. I'm extremely excited for that. They're going to be going up against the Titans as well. So can't wait for that. But I get to bask in this. It's amazing. It's beautiful to be number one in the AFC for just maybe a week or two. I'm just going to enjoy it while I can. But for now, let's talk tech. So before I get into some of the main topics for today, I did want to mention that the OnePlus 12 has officially launched over in China. Um, now, we do have all sorts of specifications and obviously images, but I won't get to get into any of that because obviously some of that might change once it hits the States. So yeah. if you are interested, though, that link will be in the description. You can check out everything that comes with that Chinese variant. So Sweet. Stray, yep. a game of which JD and I have spoken highly of, is now available for download on the Mac. Not the most interesting of news, but for those who have wanted to get the game but have an Apple ecosystem, it's now available to you. So, <laughs> wow, that's cool. So, is that direct? Is that uh, like a desktop install, or is that from the App Store? Uh, yeah, it's on the App Store for thirty dollars. Okay, cool, cool. The other item that we have is for those of you who subscribe to Disney Plus and Hulu, you'll notice that on your Android or Google TV as well as Android-based smart TV that Disney has started to merge in Hulu content. Mm -hmm. uh, that's obviously in the Disney Plus app. And this isn't much of a surprise because we've already talked about how Disney is pushing to uh, you know, pursue Comcast's ownership right. of Hulu. So, yeah. But it's still there, and this is something we kind of assumed would happen. I'm not really sure if you're in favor of this because I feel like that's a lot of content in one app, but there it is. I don't think it makes sense for the continuity argument because Disney already has their own stuff that they produce. You have Marvel, you have National Geographic, you have Disney as right. its own and Pixar, and it's like I feel like combining that on it with it is weird. Now, a streaming service like Netflix has the capability of doing that or used to have the capability of doing that where it was able to grab certain shows and movies and incorporate it to itself but this now it's all netflix original i mean yeah which is yeah i was trying for doctor who recently on netflix and it wasn't even on there it's not even on hulu it's on hulu max and then whatever anyway i'm really annoyed by that the, the point i'm trying to make is uh i don't think it works in a continuity argument for for the sake of actually bringing more content on its own sure but again why would you get hulu then i I don't know. Yeah. It's it's a little mixed up to me. I don't, I'm not sure I feel about that. But well, I think the thing is is it's probably trying to simplify it because obviously if you're not subscribed to Disney Plus, then how's that going to work with the Hulu app? So it's, it's still going to be separate. Yeah. I think it's yeah. I think that's just how they're trying to go about doing it. But I, I do see your point on a certain level. So yeah. Uh, Meta is losing support for cross-platform messaging. Back in 2020, Facebook had established a way for users to seamlessly contact others via messenger to instagram well it looks like it will be completely eradicated as the following changes have been made hmm. uh you won't be able to start new conversations or calls with facebook accounts from instagram any existing chats that you've had with facebook accounts will become read only this means that you and others can't send new messages in these chats Facebook accounts won't be able to view your activity status or whether you've seen a message. And any existing chats you've had with Facebook accounts won't move to your inbox on Facebook or Messenger. So, yeah, this is kind of a letdown. Uh, I've, I've actually never 
I don't think I've ever texted someone on Messenger to Instagram, but I, I'm sure there are a lot of people that found this quite uh, efficient uh, or easier because maybe there's some people that don't like Messenger or vice versa, and it's an easier way to contact. I don't know. But um, did you mention the driving force behind this? I there like, so I think it has to do with the um, what is it? The FTA? I forget what their name is. We we talked about them last week with Apple enforcing this in the EU. Um, the FCC? No. Um, the DMA. DMA. That's it. Or the Digital Markets Act? Yes. Oh, uh, because of the DMA, it's, it's been speculated i don't know if this is true because facebook or meta didn't say anything as to why they're doing this but it was speculated that it's probably because of that they're trying to um make those connections and break them apart because of that act um which i feel like this act is actually starting to put a sort of tie up a lot of loose ends and i wouldn't say this is loose end because the connectability was really nice i'm sure for a lot of people but i digress um yeah if Zuckerberg Meta didn't make any notice or reason of why they did this. Well, they made a notice that they did it, but they didn't make a reason why they are doing this. It's just all of a sudden. That's it's just out in the blue. well. I just don't. I, I mean, I'm sure this will evolve, and we'll probably get some more information as time yeah. goes on. But I find it weird because it's intercompany communication. They're they're both by, made by the same right. company. So why would that be? A, I don't understand. So I guess we'll have to wait and see how that yeah. <laughs> turns out. But exactly. No. Anyway, yeah, I, I don't really use that either, so it's not like the biggest deal for me, but I'm sure some no. of you guys are peeved about that. Yeah. Um, last week, we touched base on how we expect many flagship smartphones in 2024 to adopt Qi2 standard. Mm-hmm. Well, now we have two more model series that will adopt Qi2, and those are the iPhone 13 and 14. Uh, now, that will include the hmm. base and the Pro series. Um iOS 17.2, which is expected to release before Christmas, comes with this updated support to meet the latest standard from the Wireless Power Consortium. Uh, This update is said to include also a fix for phone charging in cars, especially those that have been experiencing issues with uh, GM models. Hmm. Currently, the 17.2 version is still in its beta phase, but uh, that does allow us to be privy to what the public can expect. Uh, Now, with that said... According to your set list, Riley, you had some more features that we can expect from the this holiday update, I guess you could say. Yeah, there's actually quite a bit uh, in this, and it's kind of lengthy, so I'm not going to go into all of it. There'll be a link in the description it if you lengthy. guys want to check out more specifics, but I'll just go through the main things that I found to be most intriguing. Airdrop over the internet. Uh, I think this, a lot of these things were mentioned yep. back in the developer beta for WWDC. June, yeah. Um, and airdrop over the internet was one of them. It allows you to continue airdropping to other users if you become out of range. So basically, it'll switch to cellular data instead if you're not over Wi-Fi, which is a great uh, addition to that. I'm glad they've done that. It's really nice. Yeah. Uh, standby display. This is actually one of my favorite things out of 17. And uh, one thing that I hated originally was it didn't last that long when you switched to standby. But now they've added that display option where you can select standby to backlit after 20 seconds, never or automatically. And the never part is essential because I always I always liken the standby to a clock that's always by your bedside table. And it makes sense for it never to go away. And when it did, I kind of got a little irritated. But uh, that's in there, too. Cool. Um, 
Yeah, dynamic flash. If the flashlight is on, the dynamic island will now show it as an icon. Pretty nifty. Uh, crash detection <laughs> has been once again fixed for the fifth, <laughs> sixth time. I, it wasn't it, well, it wasn't that important or anything, but I uh, did want to mention that. And um, Apple Music Favorites. Uh, you can now star your favorite songs, artists, and albums from the now playing widget on your home stream. Again, I think that was mentioned uh, back in WWDC. Um, and then a bonus update. This is for TVOS. There were obviously some updates to TVOS um, on that one, but this one in particular, Zoom video conferencing is now available on Apple TV. So that's quite cool. interesting. So I don't know if you thought of any of these as like, you know, really interesting or if they were kind of, you know, you figured they were going to happen, but. Um, I mean, we actually talked about that whole entire star thing with the music mm-hmm. and the songs because it, I feel like it just kind of changed the icon from a heart to a star, and then it realigned it to putting in your favorites playlist yes. automatically, which is nice. Um, I didn't find that to be super amazing just because I feel like the feature was technically already there. It was. Um, the standby is nice. I feel like adding that option for never is cool for those who want it. Uh, I've always questioned whether that would, how much that would impact the um, battery life. But if you have OLED screen, it shouldn't be that horrible. I was going to get ready to say, yeah, if you have OLED, it's not going to be a huge issue. Yeah, it shouldn't be a huge problem, especially with, you know, the colors they use and how many um, pixels are turned off. Mm-hmm. So there's that. The other thing that I actually wanted to mention that I saw online was, sure. um, f- I think it was called Focus Filter. This is for enabling this feature will give you the option when you hand over your phone to like a friend or somebody and they want to like search up a song and play it. When you enable that, it basically turns off your history. So that way, whatever they play doesn't impact your future recommendations. Pretty cool. Oh, okay. I really like that idea because I mean, almost anybody should have their own phone and stuff like that. But I mean, if they would just want to like, if they're in the passenger seat and they're playing a song or something like that and they want to do it on their own, that would be one option or, or a scenario. So yeah, that's actually very, that good. one I did like, and I thought it was pretty cool. So, but yeah, Riley, you were right. There were so many features. Some of them were big, some of them were small that I've seen. And uh, I, it's definitely, I wouldn't say it's worth it to go through all of them, but those are right. some of the ones that the I highlights. liked and I, that one I noticed. Yeah. Yep. Onto the competition, Google, there is an update rolling out from them for the Pixel Watch app that implements a feature that nearly all of us Apple Watch users are familiar with. For Google, this feature sends users a notification to your Pixel phone when your Pixel Watch 2 is fully charged. The feature is supposed to extend or be extended down to the first gen watch, but as of now, it seems to be only working on the Watch 2. Now, I would state the update number. But since it's like 12 digits to the version, you're not going to remember anyway. But I'll leave that in the description <laughs> if you guys want to check and see if yeah. you're on the latest version that includes that. So Okay. Interesting. Yeah, that's... Um... It was funny because the article said it's something that should have already been on yes, there. Yes, I was I about to get ready to wholeheartedly say... wholeheartedly agree. I yeah. feel like that should have been a feature, especially in the second one. I mean, by now... I, I Apple's had that for how many years now? Since like a while. Yeah. the second one, I yep. think. Um, but yeah, I don't remember. I'm not sure either. I just guessed, but uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll do a fact check later. But uh, speaking of the Google Watch Two, and JD didn't know this, but this was my deal actually. Um, there you go. It's now two hundred ninety ninety nine dollars, dropping from three hundred forty nine. So that's a fourteen percent off 
which is its lowest it's been. Uh, really solid deal right there. So, Yep, very nice deal. Um, switching over to a phone, which is Android. The Razer Plus from Motorola currently is $300 off over at Amazon, originally 1000 It looks to only be for the magenta color, though. Ah. Then again, I don't know why that's a big problem because I tested out the magenta and I actually liked it. So Yeah, but I'm recommending there's the that for you. Magenta uh that one specific to my sister in law and she loves it, so Oh that's cool. Yep. Uh she like is is it working out well for her as far as daily use? So far, yeah. One issue one complaint she did have with it is that and I kind of fixed half of it for when she touched it in her uh, the screen in her pocket, it would obviously respond and then when she would pick it up it would respond as well. Uh, I you the thing I, I did, and this is kind of going to another topic. This could be a debatable topic, honestly. For Android, you can't switch them both off. You can either have one or the other. It's either tap to touch, or um, pick up to um, you know awake, basically. And you can't turn them both off. Only one can turn on. It was kind of a slightly annoying for her, but I kind of. We found the better both evils. Are we so. talking about the cover screen? Yes, the cover screen, not not the okay. inside. And this is just to wake it up. This is not like for a phone call or anything. It's just to wake it up, but it's kind of annoying okay. when it's she doesn't really want it to wake up without her actually gotcha. intentionally doing it. So, anyway, but uh, yeah, that's yeah. a good deal. Three hundred dollars. Probably. Off. I wonder if you could buy a, an app that would do that because Android is so customizable. I'm that's sure yeah, that's true. Actually, that. I never thought about that, but yeah. Obviously, you got to watch out for malware, but true. There's apps out there. Uh, Come October 14th, 2025, Microsoft states that it will stop supporting Windows 10, at least on a free level. As in typical fashion, they will offer extended security updates for businesses and major corporations who pay a fee. The uncommon part to all of this is that for the first time, it will be available for individuals as well, Hmm. meaning that the average Joe, like Riley and I, uh, would have the option to pay for extended security updates on Windows 10. Okay. No specific pricing has been announced as of yet, but it is interesting that Microsoft is showing some consideration to users beyond the corporate level. So, Well, I think I know why. It's because Windows 10 has been a major success, albeit there have been some issues along the way. And switching them from Windows 11, I think some people are still a bit hesitant towards so when you combine the fact that um, this one has been around for many years now, about what four, I think. Um, it was a. It came out in 2015. So. Oh well, then seven, eight, <laughs> wait more than four. My goodness, I'm my brain's out of whack yeah. here. Um, when you combine the fact that it's been out for eight years, I think it's an extremely viable um, operating system. So. Yeah, I, I can definitely it's over very Windows why. 8. I could definitely yes. see why Windows 10 is doing this, but yeah, Windows 8. I don't. I, I think that was just because corporations were needed some time to transition mm-hmm. over to that. Um, I think most of them might have still been on Windows 7 at some point in time too. So, but that's long gone. Yeah, I think it's a. I think it's a logical. But I'm glad they're doing that for individuals too. That's a. That's a really great plus as well. So. Yeah. Uh, Spotify has once again uh, laid off some of their employees, or they're going to be. This time amounting yeah. to about 1500 To sum up basically what Spotify CEO Daniel X said, he basically states that there's a lot of productivity, but there's too many roles in the workplace, which is causing less efficiency to keep the company going. It's essentially mm, okay. a too much effort for flipping a switch, if you will. Uh, to paraphrase, he said <laughs> that this is the way it has to be, and that while the company yeah. has already gotten rid of many employees this past year... Uh, this yeah. cost to profit ratio just 
isn't there. And uh, I like 9to5Mac's take when they say that because Spotify is a 25% money-making streaming service, they barely make enough profit after all expenses are taken care of. And when you take on a bunch of employees that you have to consistently keep paying and then pay out, just the payout just became even less motivational. So, um, yeah, any thoughts on this? I know you're not a major Spotify user. I, I've been using it for a while, um, but... No, I'm not. Um, not a whole lot of thought on this. I mean, it's it's kind of just it's it's become ubiquitous across many mm-hmm. of the platforms and companies in the states. Uh, just a lot of layoffs and stuff like that. So it's yeah, it's not a huge shock. Uh, it's unfortunate, and I do understand where they're coming from as well because you are trying to stay profitable on some level, and yeah. um, you know, there's just no point in keeping those around, which is kind of sad. And hopefully they'll find, well, you know, jobs elsewhere. Yeah, and they don't have any of the products that they sell. Whereas Apple is Apple Music is a streaming service, but that's not where they make most of their base income. It's through devices. Yes, it's through the iPhones. Yeah, and, exactly. And so uh, even YouTube, they it's Google. They, they also make devices, and they have other services they provide. Spotify is that one streaming yeah. service that only provides one thing, and that's it. And that's why I think it was – it's a hard – thing to come by when you're trying to make that amount of income when you don't have any other products true and so you either you either throw in a whole bunch of more ads for the listeners or you exactly their service prices which, which they've, they've been doing done, so yes. they can't do it again and now this exactly. makes sense so, is why they've been doing that so yeah yeah no i agree well moving on to another negative aspect of oh boy technology um evernote has decided that the limit of 250 notebooks and 100,000 notes for its free users is too much. And beginning December 4th, which has already taken place, uh, they have capped that limit down to one notebook and 50 notes for its free users. (laughs) Evernote states that based on the current statistics, this won't affect many users. However, if you are a free user and have more than 50 notes, you'll still be able to access, edit, share, and delete them. You just won't be able to create any new ones until you've deleted those notes down below the allotted cap cap, cap limit. Um, okay. And honestly, as someone who's recently tried this out uh, over the past few months, I know they've been around for years. It is a bit of a frustrating service to use even at its free level because they bombard you with pop-ups and notifications to subscribe to their service. And there's a discount here and a promo there. And it's, it's just frustrating, and yeah. uh, I'll definitely be looking elsewhere for, you know, another note-taking service beyond, you know, Google Keep or Apple Notes, so. Yeah, for sure. That's a that's a major cutback, though, goodness. <laughs> I mean, from 100,000 like, down to 50? Wow. <laughs> uh, what's the math on that? That's got to be, hang on, 100,000 divided by, I think. 0.05%? Yeah, I think so. That's yeah. That's point zero five percent of its original, <laughs> which is ridiculous. I mean, why? That's like originally when you said that, I was like, okay, maybe it's gonna be like a thousand notes, but notebooks. But that wasn't a typo. True. I mean, as well, because I was just like, I cannot believe that they dropped it that much. I mean, ridiculous. They again, it must come back to revenue, and they're really trying to push people to get their service. And honestly, all that makes me do is just walk away. I don't. I'm not in the mood to do that. No. I would, yeah, that's I enjoy what I would the do. free service, and I feel I don't need like I need all the super features and effects of everything that the service provides. Although I don't really know what else it does, but uh, I'm certainly not doing it for. <laughs> 
<laughs> if you're gonna drop my notes to limit down so. to well yeah. uh on to some better news um we have rumors on the Oppo Find X7 and X7 Pro. Not only do we have rumors, but also leaked images and schematics, some of which actually were released in back in the middle of this year. Uh, the <laughs> bare bones info is that this phone is expected to house the Snapdragon Gen 3, because at this point, what major Android phone does is not going to have that. Um, yeah. We also have a possible ultra-thin curve bezel, uh, which the design, that's kind of similar to the iPhone 15, if you will. Uh, the display may be about 2,500 nit brightness, and it will have a Samsung E6 2K LTPO screen, which houses hmm. a 32-megapixel IMX709 selfie camera. And uh, with those cameras, the back ones, uh, they could show a main 50MP IMX989 and IMX980, uh, excuse me, IMX890 ultrawide and an IMX890 periscope. The leaker who claimed these designs also stated that Oppo may be the first to utilize Sony's new sensor, the LYT900. Uh, another thing is that many are anticipating uh, an IP68 rating for this phone. However, it appears that will be less likely than the things I've already mentioned. And that about does it for this. But uh, there's one thing that I really want to talk about, and that's this hexagonic camera sensor. You'll see in this image I'm showing right now. It's quite the looker, especially when we're talking about Oppo, a company that was made off of the back of OnePlus, who just recently released the OnePlus Open. Um, and I was going to say, I thought I recognized the L, was it LYT or LTY? Yeah. I thought they had that in the OnePlus Open. I think they did. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um, so I guess then they were the first. I don't know. This is the source that said it. It's a sister company, so you might as well yeah, count it. I don't it's know. It's the same thing. Sure, we'll say that. <laughs> uh, in my opinion, I don't know. It feels a bit too much. Uh, I'm not one to necessarily mind the massive sensor. It was kind of a slight downer for most out of the open, aside from everything else that was great about it. Uh, yeah. But I think this is strange. I don't know what you think about this or any of these uh, specs here or possible specs, but... I mean, not really. The The Find X series is very similar to, obviously, the OnePlus uh, 11s and 12s. <clears throat> yes. So I that doesn't really shock me at all. Um, I guess it's just more so the, you know, the pricing and stuff, which I the, I don't think the Find Xs have ever came to the States, if I'm not mistaken. Is that right? Um, I think they did, except for last year's. Okay. Because I don't remember actually seeing them available, but... Uh, then again there's a lot of models so that, that's yeah just one of those things but i mean outside of that no i mean there's i don't really have too much to comment on um the you said the bezel was something about that like the iphone 15 you're talking about like the rear bezel the, or the sides that curve the sides that curve sorry i should have i should have said okay in the rear okay okay yeah not the you. not the front bezel but the siding the uh, edges a little slightly okay. curved so because in, in this day and age, I'm more of someone who's looking forward to flat screens. I know that sounds really weird, but I don't like curved screens anymore. It's just, uh, I hmm. think even the 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 one plus eleven even has it. So, and I'm not even the biggest fan of that. But when you say curved, do you mean like curved around the, the corners? Glass. Oh, the glass. Okay, yeah, it's, it's kind of the rounded edges. Yeah, oh. I don't the the actual rounded edges of the the chassis. Yes, I love those. That that's really nice. I don't like the flat edges of I was any say, of the yeah. latest iPhones between the twelve and the fifteen. Um, I haven't. Well, I take that back. I haven't held the fifteen, 
So I don't know how that feels yet. I have. I really should, actually. So how does it feel? Really nice. Um, I was at Walmart, and they actually have them being showcased there, and I, I didn't okay. hold one up because it was literally stuck to the thing, but I felt around it. Right. It's very smooth around the edges. That is, I know there's that one, our, our most viewed YouTube short is me double downing against this iPhone 15 Pro Max. But uh, the one thing I will say that's great about this 15 is those rounded edges. It's very smooth. It doesn't feel so rigid and pointy or whatever. Um, it's a, it's a very, isn't for lack of a better word, it, refined. Yeah, isn't that great that you're going to spend like a thousand dollars just to have, have a feature refined. that you want the most? I know. I mean, that's screw it. the titanium, screw all the, the new titanium. sensors I am and everything. Sick of the A17 every Pro, single ad about the, the rounded titanium. edges. I'm. That's where it takes. Beyond yeah. frustrated right now with that. It's like, <laughs> just... Oh, anyway. But, <laughs> don't want to get on that again. Um, that just makes me frustrated no. every time I think about it. Anyway. Actually, I think I was... Uh, <laughs> correction. I actually think one of your most viewed shorts is actually talking about the OnePlus uh, 12. That's the uh, second. wireless charging and stuff like that. Oh, that's the second. Second. Okay. First one is has right. 500 views, and it's about me just going on about crapping the 15 wow. pro and pro max it's hilarious because i think some people are like it's just like how can you well i'm not even gonna get on it i'm not i'm well it's, I'm pro- it's probably that one uh twitter account i hate apple or something like that he's probably just watching over yeah and probably yes. it's just like <laughs> i can't agree with this it. more <laughs> yeah uh starting january 1st of 2024 ev buyers specifically tesla buyers who have the Model 3 rear-wheel drive and Model 3 long-range on their shopping list will no longer be able to cash in on the full $7,500 tax credit. Due to stipulations of the Foreign Entity of Concern policy from the Department of Treasury, it states that an eligible clean vehicle may not contain any battery components assembled by a FEOC, which includes Russia, Iran, China, and North Korea. If those requirements aren't met, it will affect the tax credit size. And in this case, being that the tax credit will drop to 3750 hmm. Now, there is some speculation as to whether this is also partly implemented in conjunction with Tesla trying to meet their end-of-the-year sales targets. But yeah. in either case, you know, when you uh, lose out on half of the tax credit, that's not necessarily something I would gamble on. Then again, it depends on the buyer. So that's true. Yeah, I'm, I don't know. <laughs> Obviously, I'm not in the market to buying a Tesla nor any car <laughs> Tesla, that's yeah. <laughs> that's over what twenty thousand. True, because I can't even afford that. But uh, right, I'm right. sure that still sucks for a lot of buyers who you know want to, yeah, oh, to have yeah. that. But uh, yeah, I don't really yep. have much to say about that. But no, there really isn't. So it's just it's just unfortunate. So yeah. Uh, well, Discord has released a more well done version of the app on android and i say android specifically because i didn't read this originally fully i was like i was looking on my iphone on the app store and i was trying to find it and i updated my app and i was like okay probably it's going to show now and then it it never did and i spent like 10 minutes trying to figure out like why can't i not see this new update and then it said android i was like oh that's why it showed up on my Android and not yes. iOS. I was I was checking we that too. I was like, why is it not why? But yes, yes. the title okay. says it's, it's, it's for Android it's only right now. Um, and I don't know if it's going to be released for iOS. We'll see. Uh, but the idea behind this is to make sort of an not exactly an advanced sort of version of the desktop uh, Discord app uh, that we're all acquainted with. However, from the images you'll see here. 
uh, it looks a lot more like Skype or maybe even liking it to Google Hangouts uh, type of app. Hmm. The bottom bar now has three additional tabs added to it. The messages, which is your normal DMs. Notifications, which combines your friend requests, mentions, and other such things together. And the U tab. YouTube did it first, which just allows you to view your settings for username, profile <laughs> picture, and your friend settings, or your friend list, yeah. excuse me. A few things that should be noted as well, this app actually runs 17% faster than the one on iOS mm. while also using four times less data, uh, which makes okay. sense being as it's more cohesive and refined. Again, it's a watered down version. Now for me, I think in this case, less is more. And when you already have an application on PC that is able to handle a lot more things at a time, I think it makes sense yeah. to make the app version a bit more watered down, like I said, and less crazy. Yeah. I do see, though, yeah, how some people might find this more annoying just because we have been so used to being able to do the same tasks on the desktop version. And to take the away from yeah. some users, I feel like that is a major punch in the gut. So I can kind of get behind that as well. Um, but yeah, JD, are you for this or against? And what do you think of this new app? Uh, I checked out the images. I like the layout. I like how it looks. But then again, I am not a diehard Discord oh, yeah, user. No. So that's kind of the difference. And I don't really feel like this is one of those scenarios where my say holds a lot of value. Mm -hmm. So, And I'm recognizing that. And that's where I'll leave it to. Uh, I feel like you've been using it a lot more than I have over the past few Since years. Since 2018, so, 2017. 2018, yeah. So that's that's what I figured. Um, but other than that, like I said, I do like the way it looks. Um, mm -hmm. I do. I, I know you didn't get a chance to use it because it's not an iOS, at least not yet. Um, do you actually like it at all? Or are you just, I mean, I know you said you kind of wanted, you can understand the discrepancies. Yeah. But I'm kind of curious if it's something you could welcome altogether. I think the simplification for it makes more sense on an app. I think when you yeah. for like I said, for some people, they use this to manage they've used the app to manage bots and stuff like that for their servers. It's easier to do that on yeah. phone. Granted, there actually is a app for the bot stuff and it's completely separate that you can manage that as hmm. well. So okay. it's not like you're losing that either, but I feel like for some people they're going to say, well, it's cohesive. It was better. We're able to do a lot more on the app. Why in the world would Discord remove the, some of those features? And to me, I also agree with that. On the same side, it is an app version. I don't see, other than maybe streaming service apps, being exactly the same as a app version. Um, and that, I mean, that's do just you, the way it is. Uh, do you actually feel like it might have benefited both the user and the company of Discord to kind of roll this out in like maybe a 25 or 40% phase for people to test out? Because as of this point, I don't know if this has been in a beta phase or whatever. Mm -hmm. I just kind of feel like something this aggressive kind of deserves like hey we're testing this out what do you think about this and maybe to some of the more proficient users is this something you would welcome mm -hmm. the other thing i have to say is uh you said four times less data do you mean the size of the application when it's installed is that what you're saying uh i think i think so i'm pretty sure okay 
I assume that's what it means, but yeah. yeah. I mean, there's there's advantages to all of that, and then obviously there's there's a lot of cons that people are probably taking into consideration. Is that what some of the people have been saying as far as like the comments and such of how they feel? Some people have welcomed it. Uh, others are like, this is this is horrible. Um, there were like five <laughs> comments, I think. It wasn't it wasn't that much, oh, okay. so I really can't get a good idea. I could probably check on Reddit and see what people are saying about it. Um, I don't know. And to answer your previous question, I think that's what this Android version is for specifically. I think that uh, when you release oh, a version specifically on that. another operating system instead of other one, you can get a taste of what half of the others are saying, and you're not you're keeping the other half okay. Very good point. Yeah, I didn't even think about yes. that because I'm sure that the Discord population is the majority iPhone users. Yes. So that exactly. Would make sense. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's that's cool. Well, I guess that's that answers that question. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, let me just say that this wasn't my original intention to showcase the final topic for this episode. But uh, nevertheless, we'll get right into it. Ooh. And part of it takes uh, reviewing briefly what went on over the past few weeks. So first, we had nothing announcing that they had a fix in the works to bridge the gap between iMessage and Android messaging. Oh, here we go. Sadly, that turned out to be what we had feared most a lack of security. Sunburn. Then we had Apple state that RCS is on its way, which we likely expect to be part of iOS 18 next year. Mm-hmm. Now we have another evolving portion to this onset of events concerning Beeper. Beeper is a company much like Sunbird who in the past offered a morphed version of iMessaging to Android users. This was done in the all too familiar way of I- Apple ID logging into Mac farm servers, wherever, uh, that allowed communication between Android and iPhones with the coveted blue message appearance. Mm-hmm. Now they have reverse engineered the iMessaging service with the help of a 16-year-old student and have rewritten the code that allows them to connect Apple's iMessage servers, or connect to Apple iMessage servers, and communicate directly with iPhones without any hiccups, <laughs> or at least very little that I've experienced. Um, Beeper, do okay. you have something to say? <laughs> Uh, I'll say in a moment, you finish. You're, you're good. Okay. <laughs> Beeper uses your phone number to register with the iMessage service that makes this possible. And we've seen this happen where if you go into iMessage settings, you can change like, okay, I want it being sent from this register email or this Apple ID or your phone number. That's essentially how this works. Okay. The question, as is always, is this secure or not? And as of now, we have nothing to report against it Mm -hmm. other than further testing is underway to determine if the coding and architecture of the service is truly authentic. Now, I have some more on this, but I kind of let you interject here. So let me get this straight. Google and nothing pound the hammer on Apple to get going on RCS Apple says yes, and then this other company is like, not enough, not enough, and they just they get the sixteen year old kid like, come on, let's get let's get this better. We need something <laughs> better for these people. They can't wait till next year for this WWDC. We can't wait that long. Let's just let's just make an app that does this even much better. It's secure. We don't know. We're just gonna release it to the public. Um, I think that's that's a really interesting take on all this. Is just like. I mean, it is it is a hilarious facet to the whole entire story, and um, I mean, obviously, this was evolving over this past year. Right. So, I mean, it kind of right, I, yeah. I, the, it, the, it the timing once, of it is so it's hilarious it's and funny. I, I get that. Yeah. Um, 
and even it was it was funny because uh, this wasn't part of anything, but um, Mijakovsky, the CEO of Beeper, he had somebody come in and tell him somebody's been able to reverse engineer or mess with the coding so that you can access um, Apple's iMessage server. And he was like, there's no way that that can be done. We've tried that. And evidently, that's what they did. Like, they literally went in and they figured it out. They've done a lot of, um, what's that called when you use the iPhone? Um, you hack it. Oh. Um, jailbreak? The, thank you, jailbreak. <laughs> for no someone problem. who's had an iPhone for so many years, I know, I know you that think. Um, they, they've jailbroken so many iPhones and worked through the coding and everything like hmm. that. And that's really how they got this to work. And it's it's pretty fascinating. So thus far, I have been using the app. And as I said, uh, I didn't have to log in with my Apple ID at all. I simply downloaded the app, allowed key permissions, which were really only two. One was contacts, which is just ease of use. So you can just type in real quick who you want to talk to. The other is messages, and that basically takes your existing messages from maybe whatever messaging service you have, whether it's Google Messages, Verizon Messages, Pulse, whatever, mm -hmm. and it detects which ones have been previously connected to an iPhone or communicating to an iPhone, and it ports them over and basically just continues your chats, but now it enables iMessage. It's pretty cool. Um, yeah, it is pretty cool. The biggest problem outside of the question of true security is the fact that this currently only works with iMessage. The app does not yeah. support SMS or RCS. Uh, again, the CEO, Eric Majikowski, states that as time progresses, the app will eventually support both. Uh, and at, actually, I think they're trying to make it into a universal messaging app. Dang. Which is supposed to include other things like um, WhatsApp, I think Telegram Man. and other stuff like that. So they're trying to make this so cohesive. Uh, it's pretty impressive, and I would say very um, forward and brave just how much they're trying to achieve with this. Um, but for the time being, this setup forces me to be using two apps, which is Google Messages and then the Bieber app. So Okay. Well, let, let me ask you this. Do you think that if this app actually does become universal and is able to communicate with all these apps, do you think that will really cut into Apple with them wanting to release RCS? You mean like deter them from doing so? No, I. Th but making it less interesting. And also, if they do do oh. this, then there's a less of a reason for people to switch to Apple. Because it's like, well, we have a universal app that actually does have RCS and SMS or whatever. So what's the point of switching to Apple now? Um, I think Tim Cook would be very Here's, frustrated with that. Yeah, yeah, I, I know. I definitely see where you're coming from. Here's the thing, mm -hmm. and this is the frustrating part of it all. If your product isn't that enticing that you actually need to rely on your messaging service to increase sales, you're pretty pathetic. <laughs> Oh yeah. If that's your driving force, then you've been relying on that as your crutch for the Way past too long. 10 years. And yes. I find that ridiculous. Oh so yeah. So that's what's been so frustrating about iMessage. Now I get there's so many people out there that don't understand this, especially outside of the United States. I mean, Asia alone is like, you guys are so fed up with this. Like, I don't even understand this. Because they use um I can't remember what the app they use in China, but in either case, uh yeah, this is totally <laughs> this is totally in in the US. Yeah. But uh, no, I, I, I can definitely see where you're coming from on that. Um, as far as 
I, I, from what I understand, as far as you saying that it like maybe downgrades the the hype of Apple yes. getting to RCS, um, yes, I I do see that only because this is achieving far more than what RCS right. is trying to do because this app is SMS or will I should say will be SMS RCS and iMessage capable, Which so is crazy. it's pretty much. It's almost like that one moment where you're like, I feel like there's too much power in one person's hands. It's almost yeah. like saying, it's almost like how uh, we had Xbox going after uh, Activision and, and acquiring yes. them. It's like too much power. I feel like this is going to be one of those situations. Now, I have no idea. Obviously, no one knows how this is going to evolve. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mijakovsky further states that he isn't concerned as to whether Apple will close down the portal i guess you could say that allows beeper to work as it would also affect legacy iphones that use iMessage as well he further states Hmm. and i paraphrase that the development of this app could be a key part of the future of messaging for those who don't own iphones which is i think is what you were definitely um, honing in on but quite frankly i see the potential with all of this and and just how much they're trying to do now have I texted sensitive information over Beeper? No, I have not. Uh-huh. Only because I still have my doubts, and I am purely here to test the service and see if it actually does what it says it can do. Um, so in the end, we'll ha- kind of have to wait and see how this does turn about. Um, yeah. <laughs> I Do I think it would turn away people from buying iPhones? I don't really think so. I think there hmm. are way too many Apple sheep out there. Um, and I know there's a lot of people that are just major Android haters. So this well, is kind of this kind of helps with just, you know, they're going to stay with a- Apple no yeah. matter what. Well, do I think the cohesive would help bridge everything? Yes, I do. Because then it's kind of we're just all living in unity now. Yeah. There's no, you know, click or anything. And I feel like that helps because we, we, we've talked about this where the iPhone is one of the most popular devices among teenagers today, Gen A's. And yes. uh, you, how can you argue against that? So you're really fighting this battle. And I feel like this kind of gets Android up there, regardless of whether it's Google or Samsung or this app called Beeper. Mm-hmm. I think it's just trying to push that. And I, I appreciate that to a certain level. Uh, I still hold some reservations because security is always the foremost in my mind when I'm looking at how this is going to, you know, interconnect with everything. So Yeah, when I was talking about um, people buying iPhones, I wasn't talking about people that already had iPhones. I was talking about people that had Androids. So um, if you if you're an because that's what that's what Tim Cook said. He was like, hey, listen, if you want the blue bubble, get an iPhone. Uh, it's it's just kind of like a really, you know, slap in the face, like, well, you want this, then buy our product. Uh, in that case, yeah, I can see that. Um, I don't know. I think that now if this does happen, I can see this as being a situation where they're used to how this works. Mm Mm-hmm. And yeah. so moving to iPhone, if they want to, they would have the same experience in that scenario. True. Uh, so yeah. that part I can appreciate. What you're saying does make sense where, you know, if they want the blue bubble, they have to get an iPhone. Well, now they don't have to get an iPhone because this could solve that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But outside of that, I don't know. Yeah, it's a tough one to play out in your brain, you know. But it is, and 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 the cool part is is that there is an option to sign in with your Apple ID. Uh, what that does is it basically allows you to sync with any all any and all other of your Apple devices. So you can iMessage uh, and it would come up on my Mac okay. or my iPhone. And that's what that does. I haven't done it, but yeah. that's what that Smart does. Man. So it's, it's really cool how they're trying to do that and work everything, you know, thoroughly. Um, I feel like they've got a really good plan ahead of them. It's It's the obstacles that I feel are going to deter them from success and it depends on how aggressive they appear and i'm talking specifically about apple um i get the whole entire fact of how the ceo is addressing this like he's not really concerned because he sees what apple has in their legacy iphones yeah but i'm pretty sure tim cook is a little ticked i don't know the mind of him but (laughs) there's something there that's like he doesn't feel good about it you know right yeah no i I could totally agree with that i mean he's he's kind of stingy i think when it comes to this of trying to you know market this uh you know apple devices to where it's like its own thing and you know people are kind of honed in on that thing and then if you want it then you have to drop what you have and uh, but now I, I think this is going to be and this is my take. Uh, I think that this app, if it becomes universal, is going to be a major cut into Apple. Uh, I think that uh, Tim Cook is not going to be able to really do a whole lot. Apple's not going to be able to do a whole lot against this. And uh, they're going to be put back because they make an announcement. We're going to do RCS. And then all of a sudden this new app comes in. That just completely overtakes all of that. It's like, no, we're going to do even more than that and, you know, make this completely cohesive with every other messaging app. And I think it's going to break them a little bit. But, uh, yeah, we'll have to see which one kind of comes out to be true or not. So, Yeah, and I think the other thing that has to come into play is how how aggressive Apple is going to present themselves because they also have the EU. Yes, that's true. To worry about with the DMA. And so if they're yeah. really going to try to be aggressive about this, they need to play nice so that, that the EU doesn't, like, put an even bigger bullseye on the back of their head. Right. So that's the other, you know, side know to place. things. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued by all of this, really. Yeah. Um, and the, uh, the other thing, too, is that they even talked about the possibility of trying to do FaceTime, hmm. integrate that into it. Okay. Don't know how well that's going to go or how that's going to work no. or if it even is going to come, but it's, it's mentioned at least. Um, so it's really crazy. And even when you look at the uh, devices that are, you're signed into or they're using iMessage, you'll see that once you register on an Android with Beeper, it'll pop up as a Mac. So it registers an actual Apple device, even though Mijakovsky says it's not actually signed into an, uh, a Mac. It's just that's how it the app appears to apple right yeah so yeah it's pretty cool but in either case that will wrap up this week's episode a little bit lengthy on that last item yep but uh, we hope you guys enjoyed it this is jd and riley and we've got catch you guys in the next one fins up fins up